The problem with spring in the Northeast is it's just so dirty. There's sleet and snow and mud, and the last remnants of road salt all heating up and getting all over everything. It's enough to make you want to take a Mr. Clean magic eraser to your entire life. Thankfully, we have a lot of those around here, because we tested a few of them for this week's testing table. Also on our special spring cleaning episode, we talked to Carolyn Forte of the Good Housekeeping Institute about dry cleaning chemicals, and technology editor Alex George taught us how to keep your data safe, sparkly clean, and far away from Facebook's prying fingers. Finally, Kevin and I took a field trip to Corona Maintenance Facility in Queens to find out how New York City's Metropolitan Transportation Authority cleans what must be one of the dirtiest places on Earth, a New York City subway car. Fire up the vacuum and unwrap your magic erasers, y'all. I'm Jacqueline Detweiler, and you're listening to the most useful podcast ever. We have with us in the podcast studio Carolyn Forte, who is director of the Cleaning and Textiles Labs at Good Housekeeping Institute. Hi, Carolyn. Hi, how are you? I'm good. You've been on here before. I have. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's great. I feel like you guys are such a good resource for us because whenever we talk serious right. cleaning, you guys do real tests up there. <laughs> we do. So this is our cleaning episode. We've been doing a lot of crazy cleaning investigations and trying to figure out how to do spring cleaning for right. our listeners. And we wanted to find out about dry cleaning chemicals. I mean, I live near a natural dry cleaners. Right. And the guy in there one time subjected me to like a 10-minute lecture about why his cleaning, it was very confusing. And why I had it was no better idea than that. regular dry cleaning. Right. Exactly. So what's the deal? with? Well, <laughs> most of the dry cleaners out there use the chemical, which has been used for forever. It's PERC, perchloroethylene. Okay. And that's your traditional dry cleaner. And it's safe to have your clothes cleaned with that. We don't, certainly don't want to imply that it's not. And when used properly, which most reputable dry cleaners do, or all reputable dry cleaners should do, it's safe to be used on your clothes and by the workers because it's captured, it's processed, it's filtered. So there are protocols and precautions in place because it is a chemical. It's a solvent. Solvents can be dangerous to the environment. It can be dangerous to the health of the workers. So that's why when it's used properly and under controlled conditions, it's fine. The problem is that when it's not, and if it does get into the environment, it can be a problem. And there are risks to using it. Right. Plus the fact that all chemicals today, we see it across the board in cleaning products, are being scrutinized and looked at more. And things that were once considered safe are no longer considered safe. So our awareness is raised. So as a result, there have been other alternatives that have come onto the market. Do they dip your clothes into this solution or do they spot clean it or something? No, they actually, there's a machine. It looks like a giant washing machine. That's a great question. <laughs> a lot of people know. ask me that. Like, yeah. once you put your clothes over the counter, what, what happens to them? Yeah. I don't know. So the reason it's called dry is not because your clothes don't get wet. It's because they don't use water. Uh, so it's a solvent. It's a liquid. And they get wet, but they don't get wet with water. Okay. So it's called dry cleaning. But they go into a big machine, and they go in with other people's clothes. It's not like they're just doing your clothes by yourself. Right. And, of course, they sort them and everything. And they pre-treat them and spot them. They go through this machine. It rinses. That's another thing. You want to make sure you're using a dry cleaner who has good practices and is a certified dry cleaner because you'll know they're filtering the solutions. And it's going to be clean when it hits your clothes. Then they get rinsed, they get dry, they get pressed and finished, and they get sent back to you. So okay. that's kind of how it works. Okay. <laughs> awesome. So you were saying there can be problems and then yes. in that case. Yeah. So I mean, it is a chemical. If not handled properly, it can be toxic to the environment, toxic to the workers. So that's why there's a push to remove dry cleaning establishments from residential buildings by 2020. So nobody will be living over the dry cleaner, so to speak, okay. anymore. There's laws for that. And California is actually always ahead of oh, the yeah, curve they on are. some things. Uh-huh. And 
they actually, I think, are looking to get rid of PERC by 2023. So that's down the road. So what are the alternatives? It's interesting. You'll see a sign that says green or organic, but there's no regulation when it comes to those terms. So anybody can be using anything that's just not PERC and calling it green, no matter what it is or how Mm. green it is. But there are four main alternatives. One is wet cleaning. And a lot of regular dry cleaners that use PERC also do wet cleaning. So you can ask if that's an alternative in your own establishment. And that's kind of just like what you do at home, really. It's a gentler (laughs) version of cleaning your garments at home with with water. So you can pay $10 to have someone wet clean your clothes or you can just do them in the sink. When you drop drop men's shirts off, you take them to the dry cleaner, but they don't dry clean them. They launder them. Oh, really? Yeah. Sneaky. So there you go. I feel like I'm a patsy of the big dry cleaning. Turn it over and that's it, right? So wet cleaning is one option, but keep in mind, and we did a test several years ago where we stained silk blouses cotton shirts, and a wool skirt with five different stains, sent them out to all these different methods, and then brought them back and looked at the results. So with wet cleaning, we saw that it did great with water-based stains. So coffee and wine came out, but not so much on the oil-based stains. So salad oil or lipstick didn't really come out, and ink didn't really budge. So, you know, it's not the best in terms of cleaning, and some garments can't really be safely wet cleaned, so they could shrink or fade or stretch. So you want to make sure that if you're going to bring something in for wet cleaning, you check with the establishment and the dry cleaner that it can be done. Mm -hmm. Another one is CO2. And what they actually do is they take carbon dioxide and pressurize it, turn it into a liquid and use it to clean your clothes. And this one also did a good job on our tests, did better certainly than the wet cleaning and was the best combination, really, of cleaning performance and safety for the environment. Now, the EPA supports two methods. One is the carbon dioxide, and one is the wet cleaning. So from the environmental perspective, they acknowledge that those are safer methods. Okay. There's also one called Green Earth, which is a silicone process. That did well. That was the best cleaning overall. I think that's what the one near my house does. That's the best cleaning. The only stain that that struggled with was ink. But it did a good job, even with the wine, where some of the other ones struggled. But that may not be always available. The equipment could be expensive. It's a proprietary process. So if it's green earth, then you know that that's what they use. Uh huh. And then the last alternative that some dry cleaners use is just other alternatives to PERC. Other alternatives are hydrocarbon solutions. So they are solvents as well, but they may biodegrade a little bit better. So they're not as environmentally toxic as PERC. Okay. It's a difficult industry. There's a lot of mom and pop shops. There's a lot of small little dry cleaners. And to upgrade to some of this equipment is expensive. Sure. So some may not be able to afford to do that. If you take your clothes home and you take the plastic bag off and you smell dry cleaning fumes, that's a signal that that dry cleaner is not filtering the solution. Okay. So I would say pick another dry cleaner. Pick another dry cleaner. That's what I would say. Okay, that's good advice. Because you shouldn't really smell anything if it's done properly, Mm -hmm. even with perk. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been very helpful. We always love having you on. Thank you. Great to be here. We're here at the Corona Maintenance Facility with John Santamaria, who is the Acting Vice President and Chief Mechanical Officer of Car Equipment for New York City Transit. Hi, John. Good morning. Thank you for letting us come here. This is so cool. We're currently looking at a line of track that goes into a big, sort of like a Quonset hut that's square. What are we looking at? What is this? Well, you're looking at the car wash where our subway cars would go through on a scheduled basis. Each subway car, we have a goal of having them come in on a monthly basis for an external wash. Okay. And our goal is to reach that 70% mark, which we do. Corona Shop definitely meets that goal. And so you come here, and what are all these things? Basically, it's no different than a regular automobile car wash. Okay. Where it'll go through a series of scrubbing and special soaps, 
more friendly to the stainless steel of the car body. And then this final stage here is a series of blowers to get oh, so the excess like, water. Like giant, scary hair dryers. <laughs> Basically, you know what? You're right. They really are. Not every facility has a car wash on site. Out of the 13 facilities, there were a total, a total of nine, nine. Throughout the, out of the 13 that have on-site car wash facilities. This R188 car is considered part of our Millennium fleet, the newer cars. Okay. Out of the 6,400 somewhat cars, over 3,000 of them are considered Millennium cars. They came in here from 2,000 on. So this highly electronic car has its own monitoring and diagnostic system that gives us literally the heartbeat of the car's health. Very complicated communications. Propulsion system is uh, AC propulsion system, alternating current okay. propulsion system. So uh -huh. it'll take the third rail voltage, which is DC, oh, see, and I convert it to AC voltage to control the propulsion system. Okay. Do the older cars, they use it as DC? The older cars use DC propulsion. Okay. DC motors, these are all AC motors. And okay. they, there's a better control, variable frequency control is what it's called. It's more energy efficient. So what's the point at which a car is like completely done? It's just like, you can't save it, that's the end of its lifespan. The car shell is designed to have a 40-year life. Uh -huh. During the entire maintenance life cycle of a car, it will come in four, six, and 12-year cycles for different types of overhauls. At the half-life of a car, roughly 20 years, more work is done. So every six years or so, four, six, and 12-year cycle, and that repeats, we will perform assessments of the car. Once the car reaches the point of it approaching the 40-year life, assessments of its structural integrity will be performed by an outside party. We'll take a random number of cars and look at what the car looks like as a whole. And at that point, we'll make a decision at, let's say, year 35, looking forward, how is it standing up to its 40-plus year design? So we have some car fleets that are beyond 50 years in life. Wow. So what tends to break down first in a car? Doors, basically because it involves the public. The doors take, <laughs> the, most, grabbing them. The doors take the most impact. They open, think about the amount of times the doors open and close throughout a typical day. Yeah, it's what us, we do, we're though, ruining the subway. That's why we can't have nice things. Okay, so now we're inside the subway car. Good afternoon, welcome to Corona Bar. My name is CTA Corey Skinner. I'll be basically giving you a brief overview of how we do renovation. It's basically, it's a detail job, from the ceiling to the floor. Over here we have items that we use for renovation. Graffiti wipes, this is for graffiti. It's a citrus base, so you don't get no, no corrosion on your hand, but we always use gloves, we always wear our suit, and proper PPE, which for sure there's personal protection equipment. Doodle bug pad. When I'm uh, servicing the door, I use what you call a double gun system. I coined that phrase myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically new sheen. New sheen basically shines the doors, shines all the metal. We call it bright work when we shine the door. The lemon, also citrus based, gets up all the rust and corrosion off the door. Doodlebug, scotch bright pad. This here is called a chicken pea. It's basically an absorbent rack. How yes, do you I clean up like sticky things, like gum and stuff? Gum? On the floor. This is basically elongated scraper. Okay. This is pretty warm because I use it all the time. But as you see, it has a blade right here. Uh huh. When I see a piece of gum, I always like to lubricate it and make it come up easier. Usually, I hit the gum after when I'm mopping. So when it's a wet floor, it's easier for the gum to pull uh, out. Uh huh. We got two scrapers that we usually use. This one I usually use for stickers. Oh, Like, right. you know, when they put stickers on, you know, when they put that little advertisement stickers on the wall, I use this because it's a thin blade. Scrape it right on off. Yeah. Usually I do my doors first, because that's the heavy lifting. After I do my doors, I really like try to work the ceilings. It's not an easy job, but somebody got to do it. 
but it may take anywhere from six to seven hours, depending. Well, we got a, a crew of seven, yeah. and usually we get like two cars per night, sometimes two and a half. Cleaning one car can take, eh, maybe roughly three and a half hours, depending. So you combinate the two, that'll equal to seven hours. Three and a half, three and a half. So do you do this every day? Every night. Well, every single every, night. Every, every night, night wow. religiously. Wow. That's the yeah. protocol. That's what yeah. we got to do. Sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's good. You get yeah. your good days, you get your bad days. <laughs> might be three and a half hours, might be five hours on one car. Right. Depending. You ever come in and you like look at a car and you're like, oh, no. Well, I always give a visual, like assess what I got to do. Uh-huh. If I see something that really needs attention, I jump on that. Uh, yeah. I might even skip my doors, depending on what it is. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what it is. The grossest thing, you know it's going to be feces, urine. We got our own situation, so it's going to be some of that on the seats. We also try to take care of scratches. Sometimes it's so deep into the panel, you can't really get it out, but we try to make it look as good as possible. That's a detailed job. So we look for any little thing. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for cleaning our trains. Sure. <laughs> It's time for your favorite segment again, Slat Facts. Slat Facts. Slat Facts. Facts about slats. And Eleanor's here to give us some slat facts. I'm trying to enunciate this very carefully. <laughs> slats. Slat. Oh, right. Slats. <laughs> with an A. Ah. Very important very to remember. So what's up with slats? Okay. I have one slat fact that is going to blow your mind. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. And then I have one slat tip, like spring cleaning. Slat bird. tip? Yeah. Well, let's start with the tip then. Okay. We'll I mean, save the, save fact, the fact. fact. Yeah. Okay. That's probably wise. Okay, so it's now the springtime, and if you have dirty things in your house, you might want to clean them. And one thing that's sort of hard to clean is if you have those window blinds that are made up of slats. Mm -hmm. And I found, after some diligent research on the internet... They get, like, really dirty, right? They do. I think mine are, like, gross. I don't have blinds currently. I just moved, and so I'm, like, waking up to, like, pouring sunshine every morning, but I'm getting... You should tag something up. We've been looking in. (laughs) I'm on the fourth floor, so you're either very tall or very agile. I was creeped out by that. (laughs) We know what you made for dinner last night, and we think that, you know what, you should really work on your diet. Also clean those slats. (laughs) What diet should I try instead, Jackie? Here's where maybe we should say that I have been biohacking myself for the past several weeks. I'm currently in something called ketosis, and I'm also on CBD oil. So if I sound strange, I'm also sick. So (laughs) That's the smallest thing. That's really the smallest thing. Yeah, so if I sound like a complete maniac, tune in in a few weeks when we will describe what horrors I have subjected my body too (laughs) and that's a cliffhanger Uh, that is a cliffhanger so wait what do we do with our slats you use vinegar to clean them on a paper towel (laughs) what just just the way you said it it was funny to me (laughs) paper towel you can use a glove oh like a cloth glove and soak your hand in a mixture of like water and vinegar and then because your fingers are more agile than like a brush or a a sponge you can just sort of like wipe off the dust and the dirt and vinegar is antibacterial and is supposed to get rid of smells it's like a very mary poppins testing the the mantle sort of yeah yeah it's gonna take a lot of gloves i think right how big are your one glove because it's just like if you're using the tips of your fingers they're just gonna get dirty so fast a cloth glove you gotta wash that thing i don't think you can just rinse it off and call it good. I think, I think you I could think rinse you it a few could. times, and yeah. then I think probably eventually you're going to be like, yeah, I want to give one you're window? Definitely gonna be like, I want to well, give this a once-over with a clean glove. Like, you don't even have any blinds. Why are you the expert? <laughs> you told me to do something. Eleanor's never even seen blinds. She's yeah. just trying to imagine what blinds look like. She's like, I've been told that there are spaces in between them. <laughs> No. <laughs> that was good, Jackie. Okay, good. All right, maybe it's time with the slot. What's fact. our fact? Okay. Do you guys know like the MGM movie studio? And how when they've done a movie, they have that lion that yeah. pops up at the beginning of and course. roars. The very first MGM lion was named Slats. Whoa. What? Yes. 
That's a true fact. After what? I don't know. That's After not himself. fierce at all. No. Old Slats the Lion. Well, I think they called him, like, Leo was his stage name, but his, like, real name was Slats. <laughs> Born in Dublin, so an Irish lion. And he was the only one of all of the multiple Leos that have come since that didn't actually roar. He just, like, sat in the logo and looked around. That was his thing. Guys, everything we thought about MGM was wrong. And his hide is on display in a Kansas museum, so you can go see Slats the Lion. I love that you saved that until Kevin was already <laughs> impressed, and then you were like, also. Well, now that, By we know the that way, he's sold, he can go see it in He person. wants to go see it. Yeah. That's brilliant. Oh, my gosh. Slats the Lion. Are you going to go see him? If I'm ever in Kansas, I'm 100% going to go see him. It's <laughs> a good point. Let's do it. And that's been Slat Facts. Slat Facts. Slat Facts. Slats Facts. Hi, Cameron Johnson. Hello. Hey. Welcome back to our podcast. Really glad to be back. Are you? <laughs> are you, though? <laughs> the reason we're calling you is obviously for our update on what happened with the fruits. Well, I got a good talking to from the people at the post office. Oh, no. Because all of the other fruits and vegetables came at the same time, along with the penny trophy. And they gave me the actual, like, mail carrier box to bring home because it was leaking all over the post office. Oh, no. <laughs> which, which fruit was the leaky one? So eggplant leak, just if you ever want to mail them, that's a good thing to keep in mind. I really think I taped that one up, and I tried to put tape around the entire thing. Well, that, Apparently I didn't. they have squeezed it. They squeezed know. it? Well, that's what happens when they squeeze it. You should have told them they should clean don't it. Don't yeah, go they around know that. squeezing eggplants, and Random people. found <laughs> eggplants. You squeeze an eggplant, you don't know what's going to happen. That's a fair point. It's their fault. <laughs> well, certainly not ours. Wait, Cameron, when you got the eggplant, was it just like a, a tape bag of soggy mush? <laughs> it was still, you know, like uh, a one kidney. solid eggplant, but it was definitely gross. <laughs> the pineapple looked like it might be okay, but it was kind of gray. I didn't want to test that gray. out. So I basically walked out of the post office and threw it all away. I took a picture, but I accidentally deleted it, so I can't tell nothing. I wish you had said to the clerk, hey, you know, I don't think I'm going to eat this. Do you want it? <laughs> They'd have been so mad. Well, I told her, I said, you you guys can just throw this stuff away. And she said, well, our janitor's gone for the day, so it'll just sit here. So we'll give it to you. So <laughs> so since this is your mail, you have to deal with it. Exactly. I should say, this is our cleaning episode. This is our How to Clean Anything episode. So how did you clean the mail bin? Oh, I didn't. It's just in my trunk. I'm never going to give it back. <laughs> there you go. Cameron Johnson, that's not very nice. But also the fact that you didn't clean it and it's still in your trunk. So right. Who doesn't like clean it and keeps eggplant it? juice is horrible. What am I going to do? If, if I brought that into my apartment and scrubbed it clean, that means that you guys win. <laughs> so leave it under an overpass somewhere. Don't put it in your trunk. <laughs> use a hose. Go to the car wash and use a hose. I think I'm going to put about 20 stamps on it and send it to you guys. Perfect. Please do that. Actually, I wonder if that would work. That's what he should send I don't know. Goulet. Oh, send it to Yeah, Goulet. send it to Goulet. Brilliant. Send it to Matt Goulet. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> well, thank you for participating in this. We're sorry. I, are we sorry? We're not sorry. No, not sorry We're sorry, all. not sorry. Can you be sorry for science? This no, is important. We that's have to true. Learn this. That's true. These are facts. Yeah, this is an important scientific experiment. So, scientific? That's not the right word. I don't think it is, no.
I think a scientificist would be upset with you for using that <laughs> word. <laughs> Clearly, I've been gone too long. I don't know what science is anymore. <laughs> well, if you ever come visit, we'll happily just pelt you with things instead of mailing them to you. There you go. Sounds like a good plan. That's called direct mailing. Yeah, direct. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again, and I'm sure we'll be sending you something fun soon. Great. Sounds good. So this next segment might not make initial sense in the context of what we're doing, which is how to clean anything, but it's kind of like laundering your data. Is that true? That's a fair way to say it. Yeah, keep it clean. Don't let it accumulate. You want it to be kind of slick, minimal, something that you can manage. So this will help do that. So I guess what happened is Alex sent an idea to Kevin and I, and we were both like, we don't understand what that means. So that must be important. Oh, yeah. So then we invited you in to talk about it. What is it? So everything going on with Facebook and Cambridge Analytica has kind of led to this opportunity for other companies to be like, hey, we have this privacy product or something that will keep you very specifically to limit how advertising tracks you, more or less. So like Chrome had an update to their browser that had something a feature like this. Safari did a big update to this a few months ago with cross-site tracking is basically what you're guarding against. So trying to have as few automated systems from like Verizon or from Facebook or you know even Apple looking at what you're looking at to hopefully make it so you get fewer spookily accurate targeted advertising. So it's going to stop it from listening to me? It'll help, yes. I know you don't believe that they actually listen to you. I'm just being silly. Let's just say it does listen to you. Okay. I mean, you guys have never bought anything from targeted advertising. I've clicked for sure. I don't think I've bought anything. I've clicked. I don't think I've ever bought through. So I've gotten emails that I have responded to Uh, and bought things from. That's emails, but not like Instagram or like on the side of a web page or anything like uh, that. Okay, yeah. The reason I'm into this is they're just annoying. And yeah, I guess that we all kind of have this idea now. We want as little traces of us floating around the internet as possible. So what's your super secret strategy? So you can get services like a VPN or there's this app called Disconnect that you can pay for that watches cross-site movements and make sure that no advertisers are tracking you. But this one is completely free. It's from this company called Cloudflare. They're this cybersecurity company that does work at all the biggest companies, financial data, that kind of stuff. So what they did is, have you ever heard the term DNS before? Or like you ever been messing with your phone's wireless settings or something like that? Yeah, DNS. I've seen that on my phone. Or like when you're setting up a router or something, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. DNS is the analogy that gets used a lot. It's like it's the phone book of the internet. You know, you type in facebook.com and it knows to go to this server or that server or whatever and eventually end up in what you've recognized as facebook.com as opposed to having to type out the internet with like IP addresses. So like the IP addresses are the phone numbers and DNS system is the phone book? Yeah. Hey, look at that. Curious idiot over here. No, uh, that's more or less what (laughs) it does. Explanatory idiot. Like Dines, this company that got attacked a while back, they're like those 1950s photos of women plugging in different things for the telephones, like Uh connecting people. That's more or less how it works. But when you go through like the default DNS and like the method of finding what you're looking for on a laptop or on a phone, it doesn't provide a lot of privacy with what's happening on there. So say Verizon maybe track you on your stuff and depending on what happens with Nandy Charlie, a little while that could change too. So this company Cloudflare that does cybersecurity, you can use their domain name server directory. And what that means is you just change a couple of numbers on the settings on your phone or on your laptop and you go through their service as opposed to just like this kind of open internet and you get this kind of private tunnel to get to everything. The crazy thing that made me keep it was it actually works faster because your data is not getting tripped up in different so places. So are you accessing everything through that system then? Yeah, so they're kind of creating more or less a tunnel between you and what you want to end up at that's not as permeable as it would be otherwise. And what does that entail? Do you turn the app on every time you turn your phone on? Or does it run in the background? This is where 
I think I might lose you guys is it's just a little bit more of a pain in the ass than like downloading an app and turning it on. Oh, I see. This is like a difficult. It looks way more intimidating than it high is. High-end nerdery. You know, say you're on an Apple computer, you go to the settings, and then go to network, and then you have you know your Wi-Fi connection, whatever you're going to. You hit advanced, and then across the top are these initialisms that are really scary. Forget all that. Find the DNS ones. Okay. And then you're over here. You know, there's a little plus icon on the bottom left. You put the numbers 1.1.1.1, and then you do one for 1.0.0.1. That's like a backup. Okay. That's it. Save. Apply. And what that means is it's using that way of getting into the internet, going through their secure servers as opposed to through. What's the default setting, or does it not use the DNS? It picks it depending on where you are. So okay. it'll go through like a company like Dyn or. Um, but this way, you're yeah. telling it definitely use the Cloudflare one. Exactly. Yeah. And that's so the one dot one dot one dot one that tells it to use the app. Yeah, it tells them to use Cloudflare's servers as okay. opposed to um, why one dot one dot one dot one. They wa- so that was the thing they wanted to make it as simple as possible. So like yeah, they made it just that, which is kind of crazy. You're seeing it like graffiti of it around the world. Like, really? That's like a, it's like a little all the cool so nerds nerdy. Are gonna have one dot one dot one dot one tattoos. Oh, I need a tattoo now. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> no, it's like a an anti the man, anti the data man kind of a method there. Even though it is being made by a man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, I don't know. It's it a little bit of a woman working at Dine. We don't know that. Yeah, but you can do the same thing on your phone, too, and it's the same. It's, it's a little bit more complicated on Windows, but you can do it on pretty much anything. Do that. If you're of this class that is like, I have a ad blocker, I don't want to have my information out there, you don't like saving passwords or that kind of thing, this is an even easier way to kind of keep your data clean and hey. make it sure it doesn't go anywhere. Plus, you get to feel like a hacker, because that sounds like It does feel kind of Anytime cool. it's like, you hit advanced, you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm doing the advanced stuff. Breaking into the mainframe here. <laughs> Wait, I have two questions. Yeah. One is you mentioned VPNs at the beginning. Yeah. How is a VPN a solution and why is this better or different? It would be either a complement or a less powerful version of that. A VPN, it's all the same idea of you have your own kind of direct tunnel to whatever part of the internet you want to go to as opposed to having to cross between different parts and move around. This you can just use every day and leave on. A VPN Mm -hmm. is more of a tool for like if you go to an airport and use public Wi-Fi or a coffee shop or something like that. Places where you're really at risk of having somebody be able to see what you're doing on your laptop or your phone or whatever. So this is more of a, you can always leave it on and don't have to worry about it because the other drawback of VPNs is that because they take this alternate route, they're usually slower and kind of annoyingly so. It won't be as crisp as usual. So that's a less convenient but more drastic way to keep privacy. Okay. And then my second question is, I get that all the ads are spooky, but are there like advantages to having your cross-site data shared that people might lose that they wouldn't think of? No, this won't affect it in ways like if you go to Gmail and your browser for the URL, if you're already logged in, you won't have to re-log in or anything like that. So yeah, it's really just subdermal. You won't notice anything except a little bit of a speed boost. So we did an article a while ago, like kind of a long time ago. Yeah, it was one of these things where I thought we did it like three months ago, but it was like a year and a half. Like so long. I know we were looking through all the magazines trying to find it this morning. I was like, I know we did this a while ago. Well, I guess it was called the Encyclopedia of Cleaning, but we in the office called it How to Clean Anything. Because that's our headline for most things. How, How to, to fill in the blank, blank anything. anything. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing is, I feel like I keep looking at this. Like anytime there's mm-hmm. some stain in my apartment or on my clothes, I just go through and I look at it. If you have old popular mechanics issues, it's the October 2016 edition, so you can follow along. But we thought that we would talk about some of the cool things in here that are useful if you have stains or issues that you need to clean. Yeah, it's one of these weird things where 
calling it encyclopedia of cleaning is like a total magazine thing. Like, how could it be an encyclopedia in eight pages? <laughs> yeah. But looking through this, there's a lot of things. At the time we did it, I didn't realize we're in here. And now I'm like, this is incredibly useful. And also, I'd never thought about cleaning this. But turns out that a year and a half ago, we covered it. We mentioned the remote control. And it was like, oh, you can use Clorox wipes or don't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm B. I think yeah. Oh, is. definitely. Yeah. But like, there's one in here about cleaning barnacles off a boat. And so I've been working on a story, like getting started in sailing uh-huh, for an uh-huh. upcoming issue. And I actually called one of my friends who bought a sailboat. He lives on it because he's in medical school and doesn't make any money and spends 18 hours a day at the hospital. So he's like, I'm just going to not pay for an so apartment on the boat, boat instead. That's amazing. He was telling me that like when he went to go buy the boat, you have to hire a diver to go look at the hull. And then once he bought the boat, he actually pays somebody to come like every month or two months or something to clean the bottom. And that sounded so scary to me. But then I was like, actually, I'll just check my popular mechanics cleaning encyclopedia (laughs) and use a paint scraper and like a bristle brush. And I mean, the real barrier, I think, is like scuba equipment. And you have to suction cup yourself to the hole. But the cleaning tools are actually not bad at all. I feel like it'd be scary. I was actually thinking about this when I was looking through this. And I was like, you know, that sounds like kind of a relaxing job. Like it'd be all quiet and you do it. But I feel like if you're holding a knife and you're like strapped to a bottom of a boat by a suction cup and like breathing underwater, that would kind of freak me out. See, I have this feeling that the parts of the boat that are always under the water line, I think you're not supposed to see them. It's like inside a kangaroo pouch. (laughs) Do barnacles hurt boats? They must. I assume they can like eat through it eventually. It's probably uh-huh. like how when like a bird poops on your car, you're annoyed, but you think I'll clean it when I clean it. And then somebody tells you like, actually, that can like eat through your paint and then your car will rust. Right. Speaking of rust. So if rust is on concrete, use an acidic cleaner such as CLR diluted with water. You apply and scrub and rinse immediately with cold water. If it's on porcelain, it's the same as concrete, but just be a little bit more gentle because porcelain is a more delicate item. And if it's on wood, you can use a mixture of cold water and oxalic acid, which is wood bleach, which I've never even heard of. And you can scrub gently and rinse immediately. It's satisfying that rust can come off. It seems yeah. like something that should just be, you're stuck. It's That's there that. forever. Yeah. Turns out, no. Okay, let's, let's see what else is fun in here. I'll say, first of all, I didn't realize that there were different nozzles for pressure washers. Peter actually told me about this because he built a flagstone patio in his backyard, which I think he wrote about for the magazine. He and he like messed up. I think they like put the mortar in incorrectly. He basically rubbed the whole thing with mortar. Like he just, like the way you do grout. Yeah. Yeah. So when he wanted to take it off, Roy gave him a company to call that had like a product for cleaning it off without destroying the stones. And they told him like, oh, you got to use the pressure washer with this nozzle when you clean it off. Yeah. There's a 25 degree nozzle, which is green and a 40 degree nozzle, which is white. I don't know if there's other ones, but we should maybe talk to Roy about that. So I have moved since we did this and got some new furniture that we painted ourselves. And I forgot how annoying cleaning paintbrushes is so basically i just don't do it which yeah. is terrible and i kept the paintbrushes which means i'm sure they're useless like i'll probably believe me if it's lightly soiled we mentioned that in here that mineral spirits i think is the key which is a thing that i hear of and i never have in my house i lived with an artist at one point and she always used mineral spirits she had it in like a nail polish remover bottle yeah. and didn't warn me and i used it to remove my nail polish it also removed the top layer of skin from my fingers yeah. i have an addendum to this so we mentioned in here that gasoline is useful to remove grease and oil from your hands if you use it lightly and then wash your hands afterwards. And don't touch anything on fire. So I actually was cleaning something recently. I think I bought something used, like an old jar or something at like an antique store. But it had residue from like tape had been on it for a label or something. It had like gunky residue. 
And I had Zippo lighter fluid just like in my camping stuff. And it's really volatile. It evaporates really fast. It's a good solvent. So you can use it to get sticky residue and stuff. I've cleaned things or like old things that I had labeled like mason jars in the back of my pantry that I discovered that I put a masking tape label on two years ago. Uh And the tape just doesn't come off. But same thing. Wash your hands afterwards because it irritates your skin a little bit. But it's I've cleaned so many things with it now. Yeah. Other ones on here, Roy Berenson talked about his favorite cleaner, which was Crud Cutter with K's. He loves it. He says he's used it on work clothes, carbon film in a boiler closet, bacon grease, bird poop, <laughs> soap scum, and carpet stains. So I've never used that, but that sounds really fun to me. Yeah. Okay. So there's a thing on windows in here. So I worked at a coffee shop briefly, and the guy who owned the coffee shop swore by using newspaper, which worked great. Really? Have you tried it? Yeah, I mean, I did it when I worked there every and time, worked? and it worked fantastically. Huh. Yeah. Because, like, if you use paper towels, you do get those little, like, fuzzies on there. I feel like mm-hmm. I just keep going over and over and over it, and then eventually I get most of the fuzzies. He was the kind of guy that, like, he probably told all of us that it was, like, the superior technique, but he started doing it because customers would leave newspapers in his coffee shops, and he didn't want to buy paper towels. But it seemed to work. And then this is our entry on dishwasher. So in this dishwasher thing, it says like, you know, it gets hot as heck in there. So you can use it to clean vacuum filters, the cooking grates from your stove, contact lens cases, anything you kind of want to sanitize. Mm -hmm. For me, the crock pot is something that like you just cannot get super clean unless you put it in a dishwasher. What I do, if you do live in an apartment and you don't have a dishwasher and you need to clean something like a crock pot, what I will do is boil a pot of water and put soap in it and then pour the boiling water into the crock pot and slosh it around and not spill it on myself and then pour it out and that works also. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I wish I had a dishwasher. So yes, if you want to check out the encyclopedia of cleaning, I don't think this whole story is online, but we have a lot. I was just Googling it to see what's on there. If you Google how to clean anything popular mechanics, there's a lot of stuff that comes up. We cover cleaning a lot. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> so check it out if you want to. There's a lot of cool information about how to clean things. For our testing table this week, we all had really dirty houses, so we tested magic erasers by Mr. Clean, and they're very cheap. I think I got three sets of them for you, me, and Peter, Yeah, and they were like $2.50 a piece. And Peter ran off to Italy because he's fancy, so he's not here to talk about his Mr. Clean magic eraser. I'm sorry for calling you fancy pants for going camping. Yeah, you called me fancy pants for going camping when you're the office camper who isn't Matt Allen. Yeah, it's true. So basically what we wanted to do with the Mr. Clean magic erasers, people are obsessed with them. They're apparently great. I had never cleaned with one before. And so we all tried them on different things. What did you try yours on? Well, so I moved into a new apartment just a few months ago. And so there's a lot of marks on the wall from bumping things into it and getting like scuffs from like in the kitchen area. We still just kind of have one little bin that all of the like odds and end kitchen tools are in and we're just tossing stuff in all the time. So like that's like various metals and plastics are scuffing the wall. And then places where like the back of the chair scuffs the wall. So I tested on all those it just cleaned everything in one second. It didn't even take much elbow grease. Yeah. Like everything, like the walls are pristine now. I'm obsessed with them now. Yeah. The first positive thing I'll say about it is that I don't think I had used one before either, but when I brought them home, my girlfriend immediately was like, I love magic erasers. Thank you so much. So <laughs> also earns your points with your significant other. That's one thing <laughs> That's for That's amazing. Like you must not bring her very nice things very often. No, I try. <laughs> She's like, oh, not flowers, but magic erasers. Neat. Thank yeah. you. Well, no, it's more like now I know that I can just bring magic erasers because <laughs> flowers are a lot more expensive. <laughs> So I did that, and then I also just I just went in the bathroom and just used it on all kind of the normal cleaning stuff, too. Because yeah. I figured the wall thing was the kind of thing where I wouldn't know what to clean with it. But then the bathroom's like, well, I have a separate product for all the surfaces in here. Let's see how this works. 
And it cleaned everything in the bathroom, too. Yeah. So I used mine on two different things. The big one was the soap scum around the tub. Which I hate. It's literally my most hated task is cleaning soap because you just are scrubbing and scrubbing and scrubbing and you're using hot water. And then you got to do the whole dang tub, which is human size. So that takes a long time. And this thing, oh, my God, it was like... You just did it and it like came right off. It came right off in like little crumblies, which freaked me the heck out. Because I was like, ew, that was on there. Gnarly. <laughs> like I should have cleaned this a while ago. But it came off immediately. It was like a once around kind of thing. And then I also have my double sink situation that yeah. is my only sink in my apartment. And so it has the dish drying rack on it. It has like all of my bathroom stuff on it, around it, you know, and it's just like vinyl counter. That's just, I would say that whole like sink bathroom complex is like not great. The rest of my apartment's like wood floors and it's great, but that part's not great. Vinyl and, counters is a nice touch. Yeah, it has a vinyl counter around it. Vinyl is weird, you know, it stains and it doesn't do well. And so this is what I really wanted it for. It actually didn't clear every, like there's a few divots and things that I think might not be cleanable, but it did a remarkable job. And I just put water on it and then... Yeah, same thing, just rinsed it So we were trying to figure out what the heck a magic eraser is. I just have to point out, just to pat ourselves on the back, that we have magic eraser in our encyclopedia of cleaning. Do we? Yeah, it says some form of black magic that removes soap, scum, mildew, and even paint. Best not to wonder how it works. Yeah, well... What we wonder. We're going to wonder how it works. I called Mr. Clean to ask them... Mr. Clean himself? I called the man Mr. Clean. No, I called their publicity department. And they did not get back to me. So maybe they don't want to tell me what's in there. Maybe it actually is magic. It might be magic. But we did find online a few other places have done investigations into what is in it. And so apparently it is a type of melamine, which is an acoustic insulator. And it's mixed with a few other compounds. Some people have talked about formaldehyde, but I guess it's like a form of formaldehyde that is not as toxic. And Procter & Gamble has good, said, good to know. Procter & Gamble has yeah. said, you know, don't worry about I'm it. I'm sure they're not hiding anything. Yeah, you know, we'll see. Who knows? Maybe use gloves. I didn't. Yeah. And I didn't either. But, you know, maybe do that. So it says that melamine basically is just white crystals, but when combined with other compounds, it foams up. And so basically this is a foam that has like a microscopic sandpaper texture. So it's a mix of whatever these chemical agents are, but then you also have like kind of the perfect texture for... Right. I think it's like the micro-scrubbing. Micro-scrubbers. Yeah. Micro-scrubbers. I always thought that was a load of crap when people talked about micro-scrubbers, but maybe that's real. I'm sure it is. We need to make friends with somebody who's like a cleaning developer. Yeah. Who would know that? I don't know. Well, probably the Good Housekeeping Institute. That's true. We should call them. Yeah. They're like magicians up there. I don't even know what they do. Yeah. They came in and talked to... Well, if you've been listening to the episode, you've heard our dry cleaning. Yeah. And if you're ever in New York, tour their institute, which you can do, I'm pretty sure. It's so cool. Yeah. So as we always end this, would you buy a Mr. Clean Magic Eraser? Yes, of course. Yeah. I'm going to keep a stash in my closet where my girlfriend can't find them. And when, I don't know, I do something wrong, I'm just going to whip one out. Kevin's going to buy them like for his relationship, not even for, yeah. for cleaning. It's nice that they clean also, but... <laughs> I'm just picturing like a bouquet of magic erasers you should put that together yeah like like little stems yeah but in all seriousness i hate the thing where you go to the store and what companies have done is they sell you a different cleaner for every subtly different surface in your apartment yeah or your house and it's nice to just have this one thing that you can use on pretty much everything and it works yeah i always have felt that way about scrubbing bubbles too because i like the way it's fluffy you feel like it's working i feel like it's working harder (laughs) yeah and it looks like spray insulation so i'm just like running around like yay makes cleaning very exciting for me okay i'm sorry to add a new wrinkle to the will you buy it question but one of the spray cleaners i don't know if it's scrubbing bubbles 
bottles, but it turns colors when it's done disinfecting. Have you had that one? Oh, no. That's the best one. I want that. Yeah. It's like when you spray it, it's green, and then it turns purple when its disinfecting action is complete or something. I need my cleaning things to be like toys. That's pretty much how I need to structure my life so that I will clean my apartment more often. Yeah. I would also, of course, buy magic erasers. I had never used one before, and I think they are amazing. Yeah, for sure. That's our show, y'all. The Most Useful Podcast Ever is produced by the staff of Popular Mechanics and edited by Brandcasters, Inc. at www.brandcastingu.com. We'd like to thank Sarah Bentley and Andy Bowers from Panoply and Popular Mechanics Editor-in-Chief Ryan D'Agostino. Please subscribe to our show on iTunes. While you're there, leave us a comment. We'd love to know what you think. And if you want to read more about life hacks of all sorts, you should check out our website, popularmechanics.com. While you're there, you can subscribe to the print and digital edition of Popular Mechanics magazine for just $13.99 a year. I'm Jacqueline Detweiler. Thanks for listening.